Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOFPHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. jump right back in to this journey through the book of Revelation. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time reviewing uh, because I have a lot I need to cover today. Um, But I want to just kind of look back just a a few Sundays ago and let me encourage you that the book of Revelation is a book that's not meant to scare anybody, but it's meant to prepare you. The book of Revelation is not meant to scare anybody, but to prepare you. In fact, the book of Revelation is a very hopeful book and a very encouraging book because the book of Revelation reminds us that greater days are ahead for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it's a very encouraging book. And and just to kind of reflect back a little bit, you know in the book of Revelation, that setting there, the apostle John, he is under persecution because he's been preaching the word of God. He's under persecution because of his testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the government of that day did not appreciate the boldness and the testimony and the faith that John had in Jesus Christ. So they began to persecute him. And part of his persecution was they exiled him and placed him on a prison island, an island called Patmos. And they put John on that island uh, to really... uh, Uh, to keep him away from the culture of that day, the society of that day, because he was so bold in his faith. And it was there on that prison island. He was punished, persecuted. But in that time of darkness in John's life, the Lord comes to him. The Lord comes to him, and basically the whole book of Revelation could be summed up with this statement that I'm about to give you right now. The Lord came to the apostle John, and he says, Listen, John, I know right now that it's dark in your day. I know you're facing a very dark situation and you're going through a dark time. Present day time, it can be dark. In the future, it's going to be dark. But listen to me, John. Greater days are ahead because I am coming back. And that is really uh, the the whole summary of the book of Revelation that no matter what's going on in the present day, in the darkness that we see, no matter the the events that unfold in the future, no matter how dark it may get around us, listen, friend, the good news is greater days are ahead because Jesus is coming back. And and if you're around people and and all their focus is on the present day darkness and and the future day darkness and that's all they dwell on, listen, remind them, listen, you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Greater days are ahead. Keep looking up because Jesus is coming back. Our redemption draweth nigh. Hallelujah. He's coming back. So I've discovered over the last, really, few weeks just talking to people how fascinated people are with the book of Revelation. People are fascinated with the Bible prophecy and things that are unfolding and it is very intriguing. Uh, Some of it's hard to understand exactly what it means. I hope God will help me going forward to 
uh, do a good job explaining some of these things. But people are fascinated with Bible prophecy. People are fascinated with the end times. People are fascinated with how the, how the world as we know it is going to end. Well, let me just encourage you before I really get into the meat of the message. I want to tell you something that will encourage you. This world as we know it will not end from a virus that has come from China or anywhere else. This world will not end because of a terrorist attack. This world is not going to end if the, if the power grid goes down. This world will not end because of crooked politicians. This world is not going to end because of Satan and his demonic forces at work. This world as we know it will end when Jesus Christ comes back, King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. That's something to look forward to. That ought to encourage every heart here today. Hallelujah. So this morning we're going to open up to our Bibles to Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4. Titled the message today, God's Glorious Throne. God's Glorious Throne. Now in Revelation chapter 4, and I'm going to be talking out of Revelation 5 a little bit, and really could go over into Revelation 6. That's your homework this week. Read the book of Revelation. The whole book. In Revelation chapter 4 and 5, what I'm about to share with you today, we come to an awesome scene. This is an awesome scene where the Apostle John, this great follower of Christ, is going through one of the darkest times of his life. He's caught up into heaven. He's caught up into heaven to God's glorious throne. And it's right there in Revelation 4 that when John is caught up, He's caught up into heaven right into the presence of God to the th glorious throne of God. And then from Revelation chapter 4 all the way to Revelation 22, the very end of that book, you, you're seeing uh, future uh, Bible prophecy unfolding and unfolding on how things are going to play out in the end times. And it starts here with John being called up to God's glorious throne. So let me read to you these 11 verses. Revelation chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. This is John speaking. He says, After this I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet sound, um, a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. And he who sat there had the appearance of jasper and cornelian. And around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones. And seated on the thrones were 24 elders clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads. And from the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. And before the throne were burning seven torches of fire which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures. These are angelic creatures, full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature, like a lion. The second living creature, like an ox. The third living creature, like the face of a man. And the fourth living creature, like an eagle in flight. 
And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within. And day and night they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who was seated, seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders, they fall down before him who was seated on the throne and they worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist. Existed and were created. To God be the glory for His Word. Father, have your way right now. God, in the preaching of your Word, I trust your anointing right now, Lord, to touch me and feel me. And everyone here today, God, we thank you right now for your holy Word, for you are truly holy, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, in the book of Revelation, chapter 4, that I just read to you, if you were to go back and look, depending on what translation you're reading from, you'll see God's glorious throne is mentioned 12 times in Revelation 4. In Revelation 4, I just read to you, 12 different times the glorious throne of God is mentioned. And that just reminds me today that we can be thankful. We need to be thankful today that God Almighty is still on the throne. Hallelujah. He's still ruling and he's still reigning. No matter what's going on in our present day, no matter what's going on with the economy, no matter how much evil we see, no, no matter what's going on with the virus, it does not matter. We can give God praise today that he still sits on his glorious throne and he rules and he reigns. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Not only present day, but even anything that we see unfolding in the future, no matter how bleak it may get or no matter how dark things may get, we can still give praise today that Jesus is on that glorious throne ruling and reigning. So just that takes me to my first point. My first point is this, that God rules from His glorious throne. God rules from His glorious throne. Say rules. He rules. He rules from his glorious throne. Now, in the Bible, it says John was caught up into heaven in the very presence of Almighty God. And, and John saw, he's, listen, just think about it. He saw God the Father on that glorious throne. And, and what John saw was so majestic and so beautiful and so mighty that he, he couldn't even explain it. And he began to share some things to try to describe the appearance of the one that was seated on the throne. And the only thing that John could come up with in his mind was the brilliant light that we see from precious jewels and gems. And, and, and John begins to describe the one on the throne. And he says, his appearance is like one of jasper. Now, many scholars believe that word jasper could mean a diamond, symbolizing that the, the, the perfection and the purity of mighty God. This, this jasper stone that John uses to describe God on the throne is a, is a stone that reminds all of us and symbolizes to us the purity and the perfection of almighty God. And then he says, I also saw what appeared to be a cornelian stone, which is a, a deep red stone. And, and many scholars believe that this Cornelian stone, this deep red stone, it, it symbolizes the, the wrath of God, the justice of God. 
And then he says there's also the appearance of an of a, a emerald that puts off a green color that almost looked like a, a rainbow that covered the throne. That, that green base uh, set the scene of an appearance of a rainbow. And can I remind all of you today that the rainbow still be- the rainbow belongs to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. But this emerald green, this, this rainbow that was over that throne, that green color, it, it's a symbol that uh, symbolizes the, the grace and the mercy of God. And isn't that amazing that John is called up to heaven and he sees the one on the throne and he sees a picture of God Almighty, the God of purity, the God of holiness, the God of perfection, the God of justice, the God of wrath, the God of mercy, the God of grace, the God of love. John sees that one sitting on the throne, the glorious one, God Almighty. And John says this after he sees the one on the throne and tries to describe him. He says this about the throne. He says, and there stood a throne. And I want to just tell you all today, friend, that when we read that passage, it's therefore reason to remind us that that's, that's, that throne is a standing throne. It's a powerful throne. It's a glorious throne. No one will be able to ever take over this throne. Hallelujah. The one who sits on this glorious throne, he's eternal, he's exalted, he's everlasting ruler. The one who sits on this glorious throne, he reigns above all with all power and all glory. And no one will ever remove him from this throne. And the one that's sitting on this throne, I just want to give you some encouraging news today. Listen, the one that John is describing here, that's glorious that's ruling and reigning from this throne, I want to just remind you today, he's not caught off guard by everything that's happening in our world today. He's he's not caught off guard by what we see going on in the world today. Nothing now and nothing that's going to come is ever going to cause Almighty God to go into a panic mode. Now, we'll go into panic mode real quick, won't we? Some of you walked in this morning in panic mode. We'll go into panic mode quick, but I want to remind you today that no matter what we see happening now or what we see happening unfolding in the future, nothing is going to cause the Lord to go into panic mode. The Bible says that God is ruling and reigning from this glorious throne. Listen, he's not flustered by what's going on. He's not up there on the glorious throne flustered trying to figure out what's going to happen. He's not running in fear. He's ruling and reigning. The Lord rules and reigns. That's what the Bible says. Psalm 91.1 says the Lord reigns. Say it with me. The Lord reigns. The Lord reigns. Let the nations tremble. He sits enthroned between the cherub and let the earth shake. Let me tell you this this morning. As we go forward into the future, the nations are going to continue to tremble and they're going to continue to shake. People are going to continue to tremble and shake with worry and fear. But I declare to you today that God is not shaken. God is not rattled. God is not trembling. God is on his glorious throne and he is ruling and he is reigning. His divine plan. God has a purpose. God has a plan and he is carrying it out because he is the Lord who reigns. Hallelujah. And listen, go ahead. Thank him. 
when our world begins to tremble and our world begins to shake and when people around us begin to tremble and shake, when listen, you may have walked in here this morning and you're going through some things that have unfolded in your life that you didn't know that you would ever have to walk through. It's very personal to you. Can I declare to you today that you can still be encouraged because the Lord reigns? You can still be hopeful in your life because the Lord reigns? Listen to me. You can still have peace today because the Lord reigns. You can know that greater days are ahead in your life because the Lord reigns. If some of you, depending on what you're going through, it really doesn't matter what it is that you're facing in your life. If you would just make that appeal and that declaration, when things start to happen in your life, you can just stop and you can declare to the devil, you can declare to the world, you know what? The Lord reigns. The Lord reigns. You can look at your problem, you can look at the situation, and you can just declare, the Lord reigns. The Lord, some of y'all need to try that. Say it with me one time. The Lord reigns. The Lord reigns. He reigns. And to God be the glory, He reigns. Now, in Hebrews, The Lord actually says this about the last days. He says in Hebrews chapter 12 that there's going to come a day that he's going to shake the earth and he's going to shake the heavens. It's going to happen in the last days and God is going to do it. He's going to shake the heavens and he's going to shake the earth. Now, I I had said this as a question here, but I think I can declare it today that we all believe and know that God is doing some shaking right now. Amen. I really feel like he's trying to get our attention. He's trying to get our attention. He's trying to get the attention of this nation. And more than anything, he's trying to get the attention of his church. And so he's doing some things. And he's shaking the heavens and he's shaking the earth. You think about this. If you're wondering if we're being shaken or not, think about where our history has, where we've been in history to where we are present day. How at one time we were a superpower economy really not that long ago with people working and thriving and buying and selling. And now you look and instead of having a super economy, we have a shaky economy. You, you think the Lord's trying to get our attention? You got people now that we went from uh, people working and thriving that there's nobody working at all right now. You ride around different places and look at the signs that say, need help, help wanted, help wanted, help wanted. People are not working, and businesses are closing down. And if they're not closing down, they've had to cut their hours because nobody will work. And and the cost of supplies are, are going up now, and the gas prices are going up now. I'm just stating a few things that we see right now. Could it be that the Lord who reigns and rules in these last days, could it be that he's shaking the world? Could it be that he's shaking America? Could it be that he's shaking the church? I believe he is. I believe he is. And as things continue to unfold... People are going to uh, tremble and people are going to shake more and more. But I promise you and declare to you today, please hear me. It doesn't matter how much people tremble and shake. God is never shaken. He's the shaker. He's the shaker. Hallelujah. And you can take heart. You can take heart. You can take heart that God is on the throne ruling and reigning in glory and power. You can take heart knowing that God is in control. You can take heart knowing that God is working all things out for my good and for his glory. You can take heart today, friend. I'm telling you, I've been around some people over the last few weeks, and 
And uh, they, they get really discouraged in, in some of the things that they start talking about because of what they see going on in the, in the world and the, the media. Uh, let me just go ahead and give you some good pastoral advice right now. Turn the TV off and open your Bible. Turn the TV off and open up your Bible and just read the Word of God. Now, I won't charge you nothing for that sermon right there. But you know what? I'm, t- I'm telling you, I don't, I'm not one that can take much of that when people come to me and it's all like doom and gloom. And, and, and I'm like, you know what? I understand your concern, but listen, the Lord reigns. The Lord reigns. He, listen, he's sitting on his glorious throne and he loves us. He's, listen, we're not going to perish. He promises that. God, there's greater things ahead for us. Keep looking up. Hallelujah. So don't come to me with it. Never mind. I'm just playing. Lord, help me now. Well, they're hiring down there at the store. I'll get a job down there, I reckon. God is in control. So let me tell you the second point here. The church will worship at God's glorious throne. The church will worship. Say worship. In Revelation 4, verse 4, it says, Around the throne were 24 thrones, and seated on those thrones were 24 elders clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads. Now, let me go ahead and pause right here and just go ahead and let you know. When you read that verse right there and you go and look at uh, Bible scholars and what many of them believe, some liberal ones and conservative ones and and then you read the Word of God and you ask the Holy Spirit to help you. There's a, there's a lot of different views on what many believe about this passage. But here's what the majority of Bible scholars believe. And who are those 24 elders? Who are the 24 elders? Well, most scholars believe that that group of 24 is uh, broke up into two groups. There's 12 here and 12 there. 12 would be the 12 tribes of Israel that represent the Old Testament saints, those who were looking to the cross. And the other 12 represent the 12 apostles of the New Testament, those believers who were looking back to the cross. Many and most scholars believe that those 24 elders represent those that have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, that they believe those 24 elders represent the church. They represent the people who have been redeemed and who have been washed and who have been clothed with the garments of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. The Bible says here that these garments they had were white garments. And any time you see that in the Bible, you would know that they're wearing those garments because not of their own righteousness, because our righteousness, the Bible said, is like filthy. Exactly. Good job. Our righteousness is like filthy rags, but we no longer have Our righteousness, now we have the righteousness of Christ in us. The righteousness of Jesus Christ. And that's why I most believe these 24 elders represent the church. And listen, here they are. 24 elders who represent the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. They're gathered around this glorious throne along with these uh, angelic living creatures. And they're worshiping God Almighty 24-7. The Bible says that these 24 elders representing the church, that they fall down in the presence of God, giving him worship. They cast their crowns before the throne, and they begin to sing, Worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. What an awesome worship service. Can you imagine being in that worship service? 
where all of us are gathered around the glorious throne of God and, and there we are declaring praises and casting crowns uh, to the throne and to the feet of Jesus Christ and, and there there's these angelic beings around us and they're singing their song and we're singing our song and we're giving God all glory and all praise. Hallelujah. What an awesome worship service. The church falling down and casting crowns in the presence of the Lord God Almighty. And when I thought about that, man, if we're going to be worshiping like that in heaven, let's go ahead and start right now. Let's go ahead and start right now. What's stopping us from worshiping like that right now? Some of you need to go ahead and fall down before the presence of the Lord and surrender your life to Him. Some of you need to take that crown of pride off of your head and cast it down and surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Some of you need to bow down and go ahead and make Jesus the king over your life. When are you going to do that? When are you going to make that decision? Because God is saying to us, listen, look at the times that we're living in. You need to make sure that you're ready. You need to bow down and you need to cast your crowns and you need to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you need to do it right now. Right now. Because there's no promise for tomorrow. So God help us to do that. Right now in heaven, there's a powerful worship service going on around God's glorious throne. And I ask you again, why wait? Why wait? Why wait to get to heaven to worship? We can worship now. Worship now knowing that he's on the throne and he rules and he reigns. Worship now because you know Jesus died on a cross for our sins. Worship now because Jesus is alive. He's our resurrected king. Worship now because Jesus is our Lord and our Savior. Worship now because Jesus is our healer. Worship now because Jesus is our helper. You can worship now because Jesus is the way maker. Hallelujah. Worship now because Jesus has transformed my life. Worship now because you know what? One day he's coming back. Worship now because one of my favorite things that I know that I've read in the book of Revelation. I can worship now because one day he's coming back and he's going to make every wrong right. Aren't you looking forward to that day right there? Friend, listen, vengeance belongs to the Lord. There's going to come a day when he's going to handle everything, everything. He's going to make every right wrong. Hallelujah. You put it in God's hands today. You worship now because one day we're going to be face to face with Jesus in heaven and we're going to be crying out, Worthy is the Lord our God. All glory, all honor, all power to his name. Hallelujah. Aren't you looking forward to that day? If, how many of y'all looking forward to that day? If you're looking forward to that day, I would encourage you, let's go ahead and start today. Let's get a head start on worshiping because you know what? There's power that is released when we gather around together and we worship. There's power released. And listen, some of us need to connect to that power, that peace, those promises. When we all gather together here in this church as a body of believers and we begin to exalt the name of the Lord and worship the name of the Lord, we're not just doing that to go through the mechanics. We're doing it because there's power that's released. There's supernatural power that's released. People healed, delivered, set free, bondages broken, chains broken, all through the power of worship. That's why we worship. Give Him glory, and when we give Him glory, power is released. 
Aren't you thankful today for that power? God's on His glorious throne, and the church will be gathered around it worshiping. And this final point I want to give to you is that Jesus intercedes from God's glorious throne. Aren't you thankful that Jesus intercedes for us? He's praying for you this morning. You know that, right? We prayed for one another a while ago, and we call on one another and ask each other, we say, pray for me, I'll pray for you. But the greatest news of all is, is that Jesus is praying for you every day. You be encouraged today because Jesus is making intercession for those that are in him. The Bible says here in Revelation 5.1 and going on to verse 2 as well. John said this. He says, I saw in the right hand of him, still talking about God the Father, who was seated on the throne, there was a scroll in his hand, written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And the apostle John, he sees this scroll in God's right hand. And this scroll that, can, that God is holding, God the Father, it contains the prophetic future events of this world. And this scroll that he sees is sealed up by seven seals. And prayerfully and hopefully in the name of the Lord with his help, I'm going to start speaking about some of those seals next Sunday. Talking about the Antichrist. But John sees God the Father on the throne with a scroll and he sees that it's sealed by seven seals. And this angel begins crying out this question, Who is worthy? Who is worthy to open the scroll and to break its seals? Who is worthy? And John, the Bible says that he looks around in the, in the courts and the, pray, in the throne room there and he starts to weep and John is weeping because he looks around and no one is worthy. No one is worthy. Not, not, the, not the 24 elders, not those redeemed by the blood of Christ. They're not worthy. Those living creatures I described to you a while ago, they're not worthy to open the scroll. And John is weeping. No one is worthy. And finally, one of the elders stands up there in the throne room and he says, John, weep no more. Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, he has conquered. And so he can open the scroll and he can break the seals. That lion of the tribe of Judah is Jesus Christ. The root of David is Jesus Christ. He is the one worthy. He's the one that's able to break the seals. And, and right there in that throne room, John sees Jesus at the glorious throne, but in, instead of seeing a lion, he sees a lamb. The, the elder stood up and said, the lion of the tribe of Judah, he's the one worthy. He's the one that can break the seals and open up the scroll. And, and, but when John sees him, he doesn't see a lion, he sees a lamb. He sees those scars on the hands of Christ, those nail-pierced hands and his feet, the pierced side. He sees the the wounds from the crown of thorns. John doesn't see the lion. He sees the lamb, that Jesus who was sacrificed on the cross for all of us. Jesus, the, 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 the lion and the lamb. He's the one and he's the only one that was able to go into that throne room, into that glorious throne and take that scroll out of the right hand of God the Father. No one else could do it. The redeemed couldn't do it. The angels couldn't do it. The only one worthy to go to that glorious throne and to take that scroll was Jesus Christ, the, the Lion of Judah and the Lamb of God. And Jesus is the only one. He's the only one because he holds the keys to death, hell, and the grave. 
And there in that setting right there, Jesus is declaring, he says, I am worthy. I am worthy to open the scroll. I am worthy to break the seals. You know what Jesus was saying right there? He was saying that I'm the one worthy to open up all these future events that are about to take place. In other words, Jesus was saying that I hold the future in my hands. Aren't you thankful today that Jesus holds the future in his hands? Jesus holds the future in his hands. That's a word for somebody here today. You've come in here today doubting and struggling and battling and wondering how you're going to go forward. I want to remind you that Jesus holds the future in his hands. And that should be an encouragement to all of us. It sure was to those elders and those angels because you know what the Bible says? When John got a glimpse of that picture of Jesus making intercession there and opening uh, the one worthy to open the scroll and the seals, it says that those elders and angels, that they had a new song in their heart. They began to sing a new song. And they sang this song here. They were singing the song because Jesus has the future in his hands. And they said, Worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you have ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Isn't that an awesome song? That reminds us, friend, that listen, those that are going to be gathered around that glorious throne are going to be ransomed by the blood of Jesus, and it's not going to matter their social status, their skin color. It's not going to matter because they're all under the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful? Praise the Lord. And there Jesus will be lifted up and glorified throughout eternity because he is worthy. He is worthy. He's worthy because he's the only way to the Father. Jesus made this statement in John chapter 14. He says, I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life. And Jesus says, no one can come to the Father except through me. Let me clarify some misconceptions that are going on in our culture today and even in some churches. Jesus is the way. He is not a way. He is the way. He is the way, the only way. Hallelujah. He's the way. He's worthy because he is the way. Jesus is worthy because he shed his blood for our sins. He ransomed us so we could have a relationship and be reconciled back to God Almighty. Jesus is worthy because there's no other name under heaven given that men can be saved. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. Jesus is worthy. Pastor Kevin, if you'll come and help me. Thank you, sir. We're living, and I don't think this is no surprise to anybody, in some very mm, shaky times. Shaky times. And there's a lot of people shaking. And I've seen church people that are shaking. I've seen a lot of lost people that are shaking. Man, there's a great harvest out there. There's a lot of people that are shaking, but here's the deal. What what do we do? What do you do when your world is shaking? What do we do when we look and see all the global events that are happening around us? 
and how Bible prophecy is being fulfilled. What do we do when those things start to shake? What do we do? Let me encourage you here. Here's what you do. You have faith and not fear. You have faith and not fear. You have faith because you know that the lion and the lamb, he rules from that glorious throne from heaven. You have faith and not fear because Jesus is the Lord who reigns. You have faith and not fear because Jesus has the future in his hands. Listen to me, friend. No matter what you're battling and no matter what situation that you're struggling with in your life, listen to me. No matter how bleak and dark it may seem, like there's no answer, no hope, no way. Jesus holds, he holds your future. He holds my future. He holds our future in his hands. And because of that, I know I can have faith and not fear. Faith and not fear. I'm going to have faith and not fear because Jesus is in control. Jesus is in control, not man. Not man. Politicians are not in control. And I'm not trying to pick on politicians, but I want to remind you, from the White House to the House of Representatives to the local places here in our own state, I just declare to you today that politicians are not in control. And Dr. Fauci is not in control. Lord, help me, Jesus. America is not in control. China is not in control. North Korea is not in control. You're not in control. I'm not in control. The one who sits on the glorious throne, his name is Jesus Christ. He is in control. Hallelujah. He is in control. The Lion of Judah, the Lamb of God, he's on that glorious throne. And whatever you're going through today, don't, don't buy into the lie. Listen to me. Whatever it is that you're facing in your life, don't buy into the lie that God has abandoned you. Don't, don't buy into the lie that when things around you seem to shake and tremble and crumble, don't buy into the lie that God has left his throne. No, God is still on his glorious throne. He's still ruling and he's still reigning. And because of that, I'm not going to be shaken. I'm not going to allow myself to walk around in fear. I'm not going to be rattled. I'm not going to be frazzled. I'm not going to be flustered. Lord, just give the words. Keep giving them. Keep giving them. I'm not going to break down. You know why? Because the Bible tells me that nothing can separate me from the love of God. It, listen, whatever happens, happens, but nothing can separate me from the love of God. And the Bible says that I will be more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loves me. So I'm not going to walk around all uh, broke down and uh, about to have a nervous breakdown and frazzled and flustered and rattled and trembling and shaking. No! Because nothing can separate me from the love of God. What an encouragement that is to all of us. My trust is in the Lord Jesus Christ. My trust is in Him. When everything else in this world is burned up, King Jesus will still be on that glorious throne ruling and reigning. He'll still be there ruling and reigning. Go ahead and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I ask you this morning, do you know Jesus? Are you saved? Are, are, are you saved? 
I'm not asking you, are you coming to church? And I'm not asking you, are you tithing? I'm asking you, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you made peace with God through accepting the work of the cross and the resurrection through putting your faith in Jesus Christ? I'm not asking you, have you been a good person? I'm not asking you if you've done some good works. I'm asking you, have you put your faith, your faith, your faith in Jesus Christ and Him alone? It's not by works that no man can boast, but it's by the grace of God that we are saved. Have you put your faith in Him? He loves you. He loves you. Friend, whoever you are, whether you're on campus here this morning or whether you're watching online, He loves you. He loves you enough that He would come to this earth. He would leave the throne room of heaven and He would come to this earth and He would take on a a body, becoming the, the Son of God, the Son of Man. And He would love us enough that He would march Himself to the cross and He would die on the cross. He would give His life on the cross. He would shed His blood. He was sinless. He had no sin. He knew no sin. He was the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And on that cross, He took my sin, your sin, past, present, and future. And they were all placed on Him. And from the cross, He cried out, It is finished! Hallelujah! It is finished! And we can be saved and our sins forgiven and we can have a home in heaven. And all we have to do is just trust in Him. All you have to do is come to the foot of the cross and say, here I am, Lord, I'm a sinner. And I need to be saved. How do I do that? You just repent. You repent. You you, you turn away from that sin. You turn away from going in that direction after after your selfish ambitions and, and all these other things that the world would offer and you turn from sin and you turn to Christ and you, you walk with Him and follow Him. And there's a, there's a head change knowing that I'm a sinner and there's a heart change knowing that Jesus loves me and died for me and now there's a change in my direction and I no longer go after the things of this world and after sin. Now I pursue after the perfection and the holiness and the purity of God. And I aim to live for Him with my life. And then I just believe in Him. I put my faith in Him. And then I receive Him. The Bible says this, To all who received Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Friend, it's a gift. Salvation is a gift, and all you have to do is receive it. And you will become a child of God. And you can know that greater days are ahead. And you can know heaven is in your future. And that one day, all of us, just imagine this, all of us will remember some things maybe here around this altar. But one day, we're all around that glorious throne. And we're all worshiping together. I hope you're ready. I hope you're ready. I hope you know Jesus. Every, Every head bowed, every eye closed. Please, Christians, would you please pray right now? Please pray. No one looking around, very reverent to this moment here. If you're here this morning and and you're not absolutely certain that heaven is in your future and you don't know that you would be that one around that throne worshiping, but you you want to be. And you want the pastor to pray for you. Nobody's looking around. Nobody's going to embarrass you, I promise. 
Would you be courageous enough and honest enough with your own self and before the Lord and say, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. I want to be ready. I want to make sure. Just lift your hand right now, real high where I can see it. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Put those hands down. God bless you. Right there where you are, for those that lifted your hand, just begin to pray this prayer with me right now. It can go something like this, just from your heart. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner, and I have fallen short of your glory, God. But today I'm turning from sin, and I'm turning to you, Almighty God. I turn to you, Jesus, right now, and I put my trust in you. I believe that you died on the cross for me. You took my place. You shed your blood so I could be forgiven and saved. And I believe you were placed in a grave. And three days later, you were raised back to life. And I believe you ascended back to heaven. And I believe one day you're coming back. And Lord, I want to be ready. So right now, I surrender my life to you. I make a decision. I'm responding to the gospel that you love me. And I want to receive you into my life right now so I can become your child and know that heaven is in my future. Right there where you are, just talk to him like that and just say, forgive me, Lord. Be my Lord and be my Savior. This day forward, I want to live for you. Fill me with your peace, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Nobody.